Hi, and welcome to This Undefined, the podcast that breaks down the social context of what you heard from what you believe. And now we've reached the last commentary episode of this season's podcast called The Train Series. As you may have noticed, for each of these commentary episodes, I've taken highlights from the season worth revisiting, while relating it to the bigger mission this podcast falls under called The Kilos Project. Now that we've defined the why and how of this project, it's time to find out what this is all about with the train series. My starting point to developing this project came from using what I know as a personal trainer, which is working out the body. How we define what we decide to train depends on why you want to do it in the first place. And that right there is the essence to my three pillars of wellness, which if you're a listener to the podcast is recited at the end of each episode as the project's main tagline train, recover, create. Training is the action we take to reach the goals we want to accomplish and see. In regards to this project, the results we gain from doing that is presented through our physical fitness and performance. While my philosophy on training will be grounded by strength and conditioning concepts, the method behind the training mindset is what I want to highlight as a testament to our resilience to succeed. I believe the connections we make between how we train our body and how we think of using it can help us develop the necessary skills to adapt to any physical environment or experience outside of our usual activity. The approach I want to have with the train concept will be abstract yet clear. The questions I'll ask will be personal yet relatable. And the information I want to share will be honest yet contextual. I know there's more than enough content out there for people to learn about specifics on exercise, research, methods, and results. From a novice to an expert, there is a community for everyone depending on their level of fitness and interest. My goal here is to give you some of that, but more importantly, help you understand what mindset is needed to train yourself to make all of the lifestyle changes you decide to apply into your life. Personally, to me, training is definitely a mindset first. And as a personal trainer, we get a large amount of clients wanting to change their body, but they quickly realize there is a deeper commitment involved to maintain that level of interest to want to change. There's so much conflicting data out there that can confuse people. And there are many industry leaders to learn from, which can also be overwhelming in choosing who to start with. Sorting through all of that is a process in and of itself. So it's no surprise why so many people have trouble staying consistent in their health journey. It's a lot, and to expect someone or even society at large to understand all of that information, trust it, and know how to apply it appropriately is no easy task. So the train series is meant to hopefully mitigate some of that stress in understanding how to think about the health journey everyone at some point in their life is going to have to take. For this series, you'll get perspectives from both the educators and the participants of fitness on what it takes to train your body and mind because as you'll hear from our guests, both cannot be trained without the other. Lastly, one big reason I wanted to make this series was to provide different perspectives on how we can problem solve the issues we see within the health and fitness industry in the form of physical activity, such as personal training. This training relationship we build between body and mind can lead to paradigm shifts that are life affirming. There is a lot to get into, and these four episodes are just the start of many more interesting conversations I want to have in future episodes of the train series. But in the meantime, let's hear what these guests have to share about their experience with training and fitness. This is Commentary, Undefined, 
for the Train Series. In order to understand the health and fitness goals we set for ourselves, there has to be a clear understanding in communicating what you want and what you need. When someone decides to seek help in changing their fitness, this is a common conversation many personal trainers will have with their prospective clients because it will set clear expectations for reaching any fitness goals. This is why asking the right questions and listening to the right language being used between both the trainer and the client is crucial for understanding how to get the appropriate results that are needed. When starting this series, I wanted to showcase the many ways personal trainers are defined by clients, trainers, and the industry. People who go into this field shape what that title means based on their own personal and professional experiences, evolving their definition of that role into a more coaching-based practice or mentorship. Here is where that distinction is important to highlight. Much of that perspective comes from being an independent trainer outside of the traditional corporate gym environment, from which I'd say they maintain that role closer to a fitness guide, most likely to stay within scope of practice and on brand. Personal trainer Garnett Stroller, like many other seasoned trainers who see this field as a career, explain why this growth in perspective sometimes happens to trainers. His role as a fitness professional is defined by the breakthroughs he helps people achieve through the sessions he curates for them as an independent personal trainer. He integrates personal impact with personal exercise to create lasting life changes beyond just working out. What I wanted to highlight with Garnet's episode was the journey many trainers have at a certain point in their career when they begin to understand how the personal experiences people go through is what helps shape the lifestyle changes they really want to achieve. Actually, my instructors were all extremely, they were all extremely uh, analytical. You know how you are with form? That's how they were with a punch. Mm. There was only one way to throw a punch. Yeah. Right? It, your body had to be aligned so that when you made contact with what you were hitting, the energy dispersed through them and not you. So there's only one way to do it, right? In that yeah. scenario. And mm -hmm. then once you understand the rules of how to apply things, then you can play. Right? You know the language. Yeah. And once you understand the language, you can build sentences. And once you can build sentences, you can tell jokes because you understand the context of the words that you're using. So it's more of a philosophy of training. Mm. The philosophy of training is, is that I need to speak their language and I need to understand what their complex equivalents for certain things are. Right. Yeah. So if someone comes up to you, I'm a, I'm a new client. Right. And I'm like, yo, you know, I really want to get strong, you know, like what? What? OK. Yeah. What, what the fuck does that mean? Right. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. I really I really want to get strong. And but they they hold their arm up to flex. <laughs> right? so okay. They're not. Let's say like, you know, I, I want to get strong. That's a total. That's two different strong. Right. It's a little different than the person that's like, I would like to get I would like to feel strong, feeling strong is different that's a strength yes. training program yeah. that's a strength training program and that's somebody that wants to feel like they can lift a lot of weight manipulate weight they want to feel that tension right yeah the guy holding up his arm flexing his bicep is like he wants to look strong yeah he wants the appearance of being strong so i'm not going to put him through a strength training program mm -hmm. i'm going to 
hypertrophy program. Yeah. That accentuates how much weight he's lifting this week to last week. I might use the language of a, of a strength training program. Yo, your P, that's a PR right there. But the form was a little, you know, you got to bring it back to the form. But also the, the second one I said, I want to I want to feel strong. Well, you know, that's someone that may want a wider range of strength. That's someone that's that, that yeah, they want to lift weight. They want to look like they work out, but it's very internal. Yeah. As opposed to the other two, manipulating weight, looking strong. The internal one is like, right? A lot of people don't frame it like, I want to do this. They want to say, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So that's the, those are the things that you want to kind of pay, you want to pay attention to the most. Yeah. If I say, what, what can I, you know, what can I do you for? You know, what can I, what can I do you for? Welcome to Garnett's Body Shop. What, what can we uh, alter for you today? And they're like, well, I don't want to end up like my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to end up like my parents. That's away from language, but I can use, we can use that as trainers. We can use that. That's, that's money in the bank right there. Oh, you don't want to look like your mom? You know, I'll bring, I'll keep a put a pin in that and listen for more away language. I really don't want to spend that much time there. I need to get out and do something. That's away, away, away. You're the something. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to them, I say, okay, don't worry. We're, we're going to have you looking spectacular. You'll never look like your parents. And we're also going to give you some new tools to keep you from looking like them. And to, and to, to build on what we already have from there, I'm going to teach you some new skills that are going to get you to, to achieve X in the future. Because we have, they don't even know what it is yet, right? They, they're so busy running from the problem that they haven't even identified what they're running towards yet. If they have identified it, then you can use that. Then you can you can be like, all right, well, we're moving away from mom and dad and we're moving towards your best possible self, open-ended, yeah. you know? This is all just programming, understanding where people are coming from, the so, source of their motivation, right? That's like, I'm internally, that person's internally motivated person. They're emotional, it's kinesthetic feeling the language you're using is very specific if you're trained to listen for it and then someone else like i want to feel strong i want to be ripped how do we know you're ripped you got to look at it that's what observational that is visual language so i'm going to be like oh you're going to look sick this summer they're going to be like fuck yeah i'm gonna look sick they're going to be hyped up but if i say oh i want to be ripped they say they want to be ripped and i'm like oh you're going to feel great this summer they're going to be like okay subconsciously because mm-hmm. you're not speaking their language they yeah. hear you they feel you but they, you don't share their vision because they're visual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right that takes training that takes discipline to listen to the structure of how people tell you shit as yeah. opposed to uh you know being real nice with it you know you slick with it and people kind of like are in a vulnerable place you ever see that where trainers talk to people listen i can promise you this 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 and this they got the whole spiel down Sign on the dotted line. That'll be 10 sessions up front, $2,200. Thank you so much. All right, I'll see you Monday. I got your money. Get the hell out of my office, right? Like, that's not the same. No. When you understand someone's language, you're agreeing with them, but you're also inspiring them to act. And that's the most powerful thing that gives people self-esteem. Self-esteem, the source of it is action. If I feel like I'm, I'm getting closer to my goal every day, with everything that I do, 
I'm going to believe in myself that much more. I'm going to have Kanye level of belief. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have that level of belief in myself because I know, I know, you can't tell me nothing else. I know that I'm getting closer and I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better. And it's something that you just feel and experience. Yeah. And that's, that's what real coaching does. These guys are the training school. That's fine. But you'll never really make a difference. And then if you don't make a difference, you don't grow with the person you're training. If you don't grow, you're going to feel empty. That's, that's my uh, big feel about it. Yeah. So then do you, do you see what you do just the branch off of personal training or do you still see that as being personal training? Personal training allows me to speak to people sometimes it's a lot easier because it's easier to talk to people when they're tired. It's easier to suggest things when you they don't have the energy to to fight you with their conscious mind. I like that. Yeah. Somebody that's usually closed minded about shit, they're they're emotional. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like it's easier to to penetrate someone's mind. You know, they don't have to and then the next thing like you I took action on that thing, put on my mind all day. I wonder why. Anytime you've had a breakthrough with your client, anytime that you've ever had someone come back to you and thank you for the, the work that you've done because they feel like, I can produce a breakthrough every session. Mm. There's a formula. There's a formula for feeling like you've had a breakthrough and actually having one. Mm. You, can do it, you can do it every session. If you pay attention enough, you listen closely to their language and then guide them along the path, it's a breakthrough every time. It's a break. I mean, it's like it's like Steph Curry hitting a three. It's it's easy. It's just like breathing, dog. That's how that's so crazy. Just like I can tell you exactly how to make this breakthrough happen, but most people will never do it because they haven't put the reps in. It takes thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. Yeah, it's practice, but you'll get you know eventually you'll get there. Once you caught up to where I am, I'll be where I'm gonna be. So it's a, you know, it's it's really about sharing knowledge at this point, and I, I really appreciate. I love the game. I love I love training people. Training for a desired outcome creates a unique relationship between the body and mind. The physical skills we practice over time determine our ability to overcome the mental and emotional challenges we may face when training for our goals. Professional boxer Alex Rincon shares how he navigated through an experience out of his control when losing his coach while training for a debut fight. His story demonstrates how important our internal dialogue during training influences our efforts to become resilient when faced with uncertainty. Training builds the skills we didn't have in mind when starting a fitness goal. While it can make or break our momentum, depending on how we use it, we sometimes overreach our own capability for results when we allow our anxiety and judgment take control of our focus. It's a fight we all face, one way or another. As you continue to listen, bodybuilder and Royal Marine Toby Richa explains the evolution of the fitness mindset. Sacrifice and discipline may be starting points for many, but they're short-sighted when considering our real reasons for maintaining a healthy relationship with fitness. His fitness journey is proof that even a militant mindset can restrict the experiences we have with the world around us. While that mindset may serve us to survive the process towards our goals, it may not be the most efficient mindset that serves us to continue the process thereafter. What I loved about both my conversations with these guests 
was how efficiently they used their training structures to lay out the outcomes they desired, yet adapted it appropriately to actually enjoy and respect the life they've built. I don't know, I guess because whenever you're fighting, you're getting ready for a fight, you start like mentally picturing yourself in the ring and like, I'm going to do this. And if he throws this, oh man. But like, you start even thinking like, not bad thoughts, but your subconscious thoughts like, oh, if I get caught with this, I got to move like this, you know? And you start like, mm. like my, at one point I'm like this when I'm asleep, my shoulders tense up and wow. I'm like, oh dude, I got to relax. And I just drop my shoulders down. But That's it's because you're tensing up in your, you know, while you're laying down, but it's because yeah. I'm like really focusing on the fight. So that happens. And I, and I started seeing that like mornings I would wake up like, this weird feeling in my chest and I'm like, Man, what the hell is going on? That's the thing about being a fighter is you have to like keep everything contained. Like it's poker mm, face all the way yeah. through, you know, like no matter what. And I even, I didn't even tell my manager, my coach until after the fight, I started telling them and I was mm. like, you know, that mental health is a real thing. You know, mental <laughs> health is a real thing, especially an individual sport. And I can relate to that. Now it's a different sport because, you know, when you're on the big stage, you don't understand all the pressure. At the end of the day, we don't owe anybody anything. And, I, and that's the things that people don't understand. Fans don't realize, like, we're humans, too. You know, like, oh, well, he chose to do this. Like, yeah, we chose to do this. But sometimes we didn't expect to have anxiety. We don't expect to, like, you know, go through things like that. And people forget that, you know, we're humans, too. And we're not just machines going in there. And we just have this switch we turn on and off. And we're just, you know, yeah, everyone's performing. Like, Fighters are in the best shape in their lives. Like, we cut weight, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, uh, examples of it's. My coach passed away Friday the 13th, mm. and we didn't know if we were going to fight or not because we had three fighters on that show. And my manager was actually his, his cousin. And I actually have my coach's name, like, tattooed on me here. Um, and uh, I just remember being – I knew he, he was he was on a run, and he ended up going back to their house. Like, he, he walked her back, and he said, I'm going to go finish going another run. And then I think on his, on his run, he ended up, like, passing out. It was kind of like a cardiac arrest and that was on a tuesday i believe monday or tuesday and then friday uh i was at the gym i was just about to start my workout i was about to start uh running on the treadmill for a bit and then uh i got the message from my manager saying you know he's no longer with us and i just remember like throwing my phone like i literally just threw my phone apart and i started i felt i just fell to the ground mm-hmm. my dad was there and he like just kind of held me and i just started crying my eyes out you know i was just screaming and like crying and and uh, there was a few people at the gym that day, and I remember they just like didn't know what really happened. Oof. And uh, uh, I had to train, you know, I had to cut weight. So I was on the treadmill, and I was like, literally, while I'm running, I'm crying, like I'm just sobbing, and I'm like mm-hmm. trying to run and breathe at the same time, but I'm I'm sobbing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I go in the ring, Oof. and after that, I start doing mitt work with my dad. Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm in the ring with my dad, and he's holding the mitts for me, and and like I could just see my coach in front of me, like you know because my coach was the one that would train me out in D.C. And that camp, I did it all at home. And um, I just started crying while I was in the midst. And I just was crying, but I still had to keep training as I was crying. And mm-hmm. that was probably like super, super hard, man. That was so hard. How did that translate to your training physically? Like you have all of these emotions that are coming in. And, mm-hmm. and then like you say, you're still running, you're still training. How did that meet together and like balance out? Because obviously you perform great, right? So you've done well when you're in those type of situations. But how did how does that equilibrium start to happen for you? Um, like really, I used those emotions to kind of try to push, right? And I was like, man, whatever pain he was feeling, if anything, like he was going through it worse. So any type of tiredness, he was fighting. I'm sure he was fighting. So I'm like, yeah, 
if I can, if he can fight, then I can fight harder to push through this extra round or extra minute. And mm. the the hard part was whenever I walked out to the ring, we usually have his name. I have his nickname Boogaloo, an angel wing in the Philippines 413. And we would always say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we would say it out loud verbally when we walk out to the ring. So that was our thing. So whenever I was walking out to the ring that fight, no one was with me saying it. So I was just saying it out loud to myself. And then we got into the ring and I'm about to start fighting. You know, we're we're in the ring. I've announced about announced name. And said, all right, well, we're about to pay a tribute. We lost our gear coach. And I'm like, oh, not right now. Oh, like they're man. about to do this tribute right when I'm in the ring. And so I'm like, man, like, you know, like, Damn, yeah. so they start playing this tribute video and I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, oh, uh, like, you were looking. Like, oh, man. Yeah, I was like, don't look up, don't look up. And then I ended up glancing at it. And I thought glancing at it would have like broke me down. But then it made me like it pumped me up. Like it mm. all like, I looked at my coach, my or my manager, he's my coach now, but I looked at him and I nodded. We both nodded like fire looks good. This. And I ended up knocking the guy out in the second round. And like I remember just after the win, like walking back down the tunnel and I just started crying. Because that's where I had my that third fight is where I had my pro debut with him. So it was back in the same venue where we started it all. You know, those moments could just kind of like you said, balance out like it was hard for me, but using that to ch- knowing how to channel your emotions and using it for good. Wow. Yeah, man, that is that is some emotional intelligence there. <laughs> you yeah. build that up. Yeah. That that like me personally, like I I feel like I train my ass off. I work hard. I feel like I'm a great fighter. Um, humbly, I, I feel like I'm a great fighter, and I just um, I, there's days that that can happen, you know. And sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm really hard on myself. So I'm like, man, I feel like, and people are like, what are you, you did fine. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't do bad. Like, you didn't get your ass up. Just was, he had, had some better rounds. And I'm like, I don't like losing rounds. I don't like this. Now, I don't lose my head, but I just, afterwards, I feel like, oh, you know. But yeah. the next day, it makes me really just more focused. And then and the next day, I spar at least or whatever. I go in there, like, zoned in. Like, zone, zoned in. Like, I'm going to get that shit back, you know. Um, and that happened to me in training camp last time. Like one day, I just, I don't know what it was. Like I started thinking one of my shoes in the bottom was like super slick. And I felt like I couldn't move. I was like, man, I was just thinking about it too much. And I was just staying still too much because I thought I was overthinking about my shoe. And then I was like, man, <laughs> yeah. I'm moving fine. Like I'm sure that I'm just in my own head. And then the next few rounds I was doing better, but it's cause I was in my own head. And then the next time I was like, man, like I'm gonna wear those same fucking shoes as far and I'm gonna go at it. And I did like 10 times better. Um, but it's just more about like self-competition and, you know, talking to yourself like, all right, be better, be better. And I remember that day I was in a mood, like I was in a good, I was in a good (laughs) mood. Um, but I mean, it happens, you know, like we're human, you get, someone's gonna get the best of you one day. It's all good. Mm -hmm. It's all Mm -hmm. part of it. And whenever you're sparring the people that I'm sparring, like top notch fighters, the guy who's like top 10 in the WBO, top 10 in the world in his weight class, like, you know, I'm, I'm still early in my career per se, where I'm, I'm getting to the point where I have like um changes in my career from going to eight rounds to ten rounds like i i'm doing fine you know it's just it happens you know yeah um and sometimes i gotta be realistic with myself but also the competitor to me like wanting to be great is like no fuck that it shouldn't happen never 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 <laughs> never but it's it's just about pushing yourself the next day and refocusing yeah. like get it together you know rather yeah. than losing yourself getting frustrated and then running with your emotions so I train clients as well and have some guys yeah. that want to compete and I have this one guy and, and you know I think he's expecting to be and and I, I admire that about him because he like he wants to work hard he wants to see results mm-hmm. but I also tell him like hey man Rome wasn't built in a day dude like it's it, it takes time you know it's it's like there's never a fighter that can never not get knocked out or knocked down or get hurt in a fight or get beat 
And there's people like the greats, you know what I'm saying? The greats, like my ties is lot. Yeah. You know, all these people. And they always working on technique and working on things and repetition, repetition. No matter what, you will always have to work on things. So it's never going to be perfect, ever. There's going to be days you might have a shitty training session. There's going to be days you're going to come in here with some stuff going on in your mind. That's what training is. You know, you put yourself through the, all these different types of situations, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, physical. You're training for something. Training means Because if I'm just working out, I'm just because I want to just have abs or I want to lose weight or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. But whenever you're training, you're preparing your body and your mind for something bigger than what it's what just a small, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And people kind of forget that, especially with boxing, because you have to train so many different ways. It's you're reading another person. Like if yeah. someone's in front of you, trying to like, like, you're reading their movements, you're reading their eyes, you're reading their, mm-hmm. when they're about to throw at you, how they're moving, when you want, like, it's so much mental and, and obviously physical, but a lot more mental. Going with that type of mentality, like you have to believe that for yourself too. I can tell you all day long, but if you don't believe it, that's a whole other thing. at the start was very very um i should say hardcore like i i i wouldn't even use salt i wouldn't use seasoning i would have everything like the most bland and boring way possible and i I, because i just i kind of needed it and i kind of like i loved seeing how hard i could push myself and how much i could go without i kind of like got off on it in some weird way (laughs) Is that what you thought it like that? That's what was needed to do that. Yeah, that's why I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But also, again, it, the mindset that I got in the Marines is all like, how tough are you? How far can you push yourself? Like, no matter how hard the situation is, you never moan about it. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. So I kind of enjoyed that, putting myself into that place. But then at the same time, my girlfriend at the time, like. My relationship with her was like non-existent. She's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. let's go you know, to my friend's birthday party." I'm like, "Can't go. Well, I'm on prep. I'm on prep. I can't go." Mm-hmm. Now I'd be like, "Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll go. And just, I just want to drink. Like it's fine. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. I'll go and have a laugh, and and I'll go and drink diet coke. It's okay." <laughs> but no, no, I'm on prep. I can't go. I don't want to go. You know, I've got I've got to be up early to do my cardio, and um, I just thought everything had to be. The hard way but yeah now like as time goes on it's like i get more confident with what i can achieve from my you know from the process as in before mm-hmm. i thought i had to do everything exactly by the book in order to get the result i wanted mm-hmm. but now i know what i can do now i know how my body reacts now i know if i put a bit of ketchup on my chicken like i'm not <laughs> gonna i'm not gonna be two pounds heavier tomorrow yeah. morning you know it's it's getting more, more and more confident and comfortable with the process and yeah. slowly becoming less obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. I think because it, it can be very unhealthy. But recently, I, I, bought a, I bought a motorbike recently just so I could do something else apart from bodybuilding. You know, I could still go to the gym, still diet, still train, still do cardio, still do my posing practice. But that's not my life. I can also go out on my bike. You know, I can also go on nice trips. I can go and see friends. I can hang out. I can go play pool. I can go to the beach for the day. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, it's it's one of those things where we we hold on to the things that serve us in the moment that we're in or in the time that we're in. 
And when you outgrow that, there's sort of like a mourning process where you're like, that taught me this, but I know that there's more to that to life than just that. You know, that's part of growing up, right? Because looking back, we all do it sort of to protect ourselves. In life, we're trying to limit how much suffering we have, which is yeah. a natural approach to things. You're major, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, but when you start to learn the process and valuing that and all of that starts to kind of make sense and you don't take things so seriously. Something I've tried to do definitely now I've started this prep and even in my last prep was to try to take my mind out of the whole sacrifice mindset. A little bit of like a kind of mindset with everything. And I'm like, you know, I have a like a funny kind of view on discipline myself. And what's up? And even even coming from the Marines, everyone says it's such a disciplined they teach discipline, discipline, discipline. Yeah. And a lot of clients and you know people around me say, oh, I wish I had your discipline when it comes to training and eating and stuff. Are you so disciplined? I said, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not disciplined. I was like, what, like, define what discipline is. Like, I said, you, do, you, do you need discipline to go and watch Netflix? Do you need discipline to go and lie on the beach on a nice day? I said, no, you do it because you love doing it, right? You enjoy doing it. I said, I, I do this because I enjoy doing it. I, I will enjoy getting myself down to crazy low body fat levels and going on stage. Even though I'm tired and hungry, there's not a day that goes by that I don't enjoy it. If I didn't enjoy it, I would, I would, I would stop. So I say discipline, I'm not, I'm not disciplined with it. I do it because of passion. You're always gonna do something better if you're doing it for the love of doing it rather than you think because oh, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. you, know, like you go to a job you hate, okay? Sometimes you have, people have to go to jobs they don't like they need money to feed themselves their family etc mm -hmm. which probably get that but wake up and do a job you hate wake up do a job you love right you're always going to work best with the job you love so bodybuilding dieting training cardio i enjoy it but i find now i need structure and not structure as in sacrifice and mm -hmm. discipline but structure is in you know I, I need to achieve this this and this today and i think when you once you set goals and you structure your life towards those goals, it, everything becomes very, very simple. Like think about what you want the mo most in life, mm -hmm. whether it's with your physique, with sport, financially, and then, and then just every day do something that's gonna help you get one, two, three steps closer to it. Yeah. And then you go to bed at night with, with this sense of achievement. It could be something tiny, like it could be freaking anything. But for me, that's what really helps stay on track with everything, to be honest. I'm, I, I'm not a Marine anymore in the Marines. Everything's intensity, intensity, yeah. intensity. When I train, it's intense. But mm -hmm. I don't have to wait with this, like, constant, um, I have to do absolutely everything as hard as I can. Otherwise, I'm going to fail at life. It's very easy to burn out. And, and, and what we see, how everybody's working hard and, and, and so sort of say, hustling and no days off. Like, are they happy underneath? Are they... Mm -hmm. are they coping were they like stressed out of their heads yeah uh, still there's, there's no easy way about, about this sport but i know now that i can take it slightly easier in some areas of my life still enjoy some areas and the results are still the same if not better that's why it's important to have a coach with bodybuilding mm. I, I know what my coach is going to do every week i gotta check right. in with him i can i can almost tell you exactly what he's going to do but I can look at myself tomorrow morning and go, oh, I'm not dropping body fat as fast as I should be. So I'm going to drop my calories by an extra 250 grams this week. 
and up my cardio to an hour a day. And then next week I could do a picture to myself and say, oh man, I'm looking flat. I'm looking a bit smaller. Maybe I should up my calories. And then you're kind of chasing your up and down and up and down and up and down. Because mm. there's emotion attached into it, right? You know, if you like, sometimes if you have a good day, you might think, oh, I look, I look, I look good today. If you're having a bad day, you might, you might notice your flaws more. Yeah. And your coach mm. doesn't. Your coach isn't, is not emotionally attached to you. Mm. So they're going to be like, okay, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And you just do it. Exactly. When there's emotion attached to it, and you oh, don't like, oh, I'm looking small. My legs are looking smaller this week. Maybe I need to do an extra leg session. Maybe I need to do that cardio. We usually notice our own flaws more than anybody else, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. In most cases, anyway. So I always feel like having someone take the emotion out of it for you, it takes a lot of the mental stress off it. And I don't care if I wake up tomorrow morning, I don't like how I look. I don't care. I'll do what my coach says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. The process as well. Like I've been with my coach five years now, and I, I, I've, never, I've never not, you know, made condition. We've only, we've only got better and better and better. So yeah. I always trust him with whatever now there's no stress on me even though i don't need him i don't need his expertise as such he's a lot more educated than me he is very good but he doesn't tell me anything i don't know i'm not learning as such from him i'm just i'm just letting him take control and i can focus on where i need to focus, I can focus on my plans I can focus on my work you know it's, It's important to note that even professionals in their craft require a shift in perspective on how they prepare. This is why creating identity outside of the process is a reminder to maintain a lived experience through it all. As Toby mentioned, this is why even for him having a personal trainer or coach can be the support needed to adhere to a well-rounded program and life. Exposure to new experiences expands our reach to endure any challenge. Toby's bodybuilding journey is an example of how mastering one skill can lead to another when applying the proper mindset to adapt and grow. Bodybuilders are the visual representation of what is physically possible to attain because they always have to exceed their own expectations. And for Toby, he's proven more than once that the mindset he's built within his sport can be applied to different physical challenges many don't believe is possible for a bodybuilder to accomplish. When it comes to building the body we want, we set limitations upon ourselves based on what influences our thoughts. Family, friends, society, genetics, ego. In my conversation with Toby, I realized that the only thing separating those who think they can from those who think they can't is how they view their time and willingness to endure it under any circumstance. I was doing like challenges outside of bodybuilding. It's because I love where I have to take my mind to, to do that. Um, it's not like it's not all like the training that I do. It's although you train your physique to look a certain way, it's what where you have to take your mind in order to train your physique to look that way. So the reason I like doing you know random <laughs> challenges and stuff like that is because um, I enjoy like I I get a thrill out of the feeling of doing it or, or trying to do it and seeing if I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I feel like more not sound fun cheesy, but like true to myself. And okay, this is really me. This is not this like person I have to be on social media or this is not the face I have to put on when I'm working or, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's all mental really. It's all, it's all, it's all, I do this stuff because of the mental challenge of it. Yeah. You know, it's like you said, you, you, we're very, our thoughts influenced, right? 
by everything yeah. going on this, by conversations, Instagram, someone texting you. I think everything's influences us to think a certain way at that, that mm. certain time. So when you're training, meditating, doing breath work, or mm. running a marathon on your own, the these things aren't influencing you so much. I think once we concentrate on a singular thing, like again, training, running, breath work, that's when I feel uh, we can get our thoughts through more clear. There isn't anything in front of you telling you, oh, think this, feel like this, you know, it's, so that's why I said, like when I did that marathon, I felt very true to myself. Oh, this is actually me, mm. who I am, not what everybody at the party was saying last night, What not what I was reading on my phone. It was making me think, oh, certain things so yeah <laughs> yeah that's very refreshing because <laughs> every profession and sport has that for themselves that's why there's a runner's high or like your, the flow state that people talk about an artist does it or any profession has that Mo yeah an internal motivator for me is it's not proving to anyone else and I, I don't have anything to prove to anyone but it's proven to myself a lot of the time that if you want something in life, it doesn't matter where you started, you can still achieve it. It might just be harder for you. You might have to work harder. You might have to work longer. So yeah, a lot of it is, is what I want to achieve. And things like with bodybuilding, I don't care how much money you have in bodybuilding. You have to do the work. Or even with sport, as long as it's not a motorsport or something. <laughs> anything, to do, anything to do physically, money doesn't really help. Mm. It's fair game, you know, like if someone's going to be a good boxer, they can come from no they can come from nothing or they can come from the best facilities in the world. It's all about what's in what's inside. It's proven to myself, I think, a lot of the time that you can have exactly what you want in life if that's what you want. You know, people are like, oh you could never get to you you could never be on stage in the Mr. Olympia. Well, because I'm 29 now and I didn't start bodybuilding until I was 24. Some guys started bodybuilding when they were 18. Well, that's mm -hmm. fine. I have to work a little bit harder, maybe. I have to do a little bit more. I have to... Things like that. I, I, I don't like to make them an excuse why you can't do something. Or, mm -hmm. you know, you, you started late or you didn't have money or... I don't know. Some people, like, if they have a disability, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't. It's going to be a little bit harder for you. Mm -hmm. that's, what that, that's where, the, that's where the, the work ethic comes from mm -hmm. for me. Do you want it or you don't want it? It's as simple as that. Do you want to, mm. do you want, do you want to make it or not? Because if you do, then do it. There's a quote, I don't know, I don't know who, who said it, but it's like, um, if it's endurable, endure it. Mm. And it's mega basic, mega simple, but it, it's straight to the point. Like if, if you want to achieve it, if you, want, if you want to be a good in your sport or business, relationship, I don't care, what, whatever area it is, if you want that and it's endurable, then just do it. And it's interesting because I was going to ask you if you can encompass it into a word, what would it be? <clears throat> but you said it towards the end there, and I don't know if, it, if you caught it, but even just based off how you got to where you are now, endurance has always been your key like tool, it sounds like, from when you first got into fitness because you were an endurance athlete. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. applying that philosophy in everything you've done with everything you've said has been probably you've endured a lot and like push yourself to learn a skill that you probably didn't know you could or you put in yeah. your path. Yeah, like endurance, I think people see it straight away as fitness. Yeah. But I think endurance is 
quite far from fitness to you know to a degree yeah. it's like you said can you mentally endure something but bodybuilding is not endurance you wouldn't say a bodybuilder is an endurance athlete yeah but to endure every single day on a prep my last prep for example i i did 20 weeks in total of 12 of those weeks i like trained alone cardio alone slept alone ate alone shopped alone like at everything alone mm-hmm. 12 weeks Saw family meet for an hour here and there once a week. Everything was on my own. And that was, again, for me, that's, that's, this is like an endurance sport. Mm-hmm. Endure, what's an endurance sport? Uh, a, a marathon? What's time. Three, that's three hours, right? Yeah, time. 12 weeks then. How can 12 weeks on a diet on your own, not hardly speaking to anyone, and all you're thinking about is the training? Mm-hmm. I'm in nine now, so I'd say like 15 years I've been training. And then it's interesting when you get people who, you know, they just, they just start at like 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Like a few years, they're like, oh, I'm going to be a pro at this. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like we spoke about earlier, is like uh, earn your right almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it, like, like, I know I was earlier, like, I'm like, am I a patient person? Yeah. People they'll, they'll they'll try something for six twelve months, and then if they're not automatically amazing at it, or they don't get any with it, or they get disappointment. Like I know people who competed once, not got the result they want, and and quit. I've done fifteen shows. I've only won one. Mm. <laughs> wow! Yeah, that's what comes into endurance. Like, yeah. how much can you endure not getting the results you want to get? Yeah, because if you want to win, you need to be be prepared to lose right and then you need to yeah. endure that you need to every time you go on stage i'm like i could lose today yeah People are, are you gonna win i'm like i don't know like, oh that's not the right attitude to have but i'm always prepared to lose because i'm always prepared to win if you don't want to lose <laughs> don't compete and you'll never win either <laughs> yeah damn wisdom wisdom toby <laughs> you got that wisdom in there i love it <laughs> Earlier I mentioned the relational growth independent trainers have when working with clients, a path that requires a blend of experience and intuition. Similarly, the educational path of what it means to be a personal trainer is no different, yet it does have a more clear foundation of knowledge to start from. In conversation with personal trainer Andy Vincent, he and I both emphasize the importance of mastering the basics and how to effectively communicate that information to clients. Defining exactly what personal training means comes down to knowledge and process. The fitness industry is filled with so much variety and spectacle, which can be overwhelming for both the general population and knowledge-seeking trainers. Andy brilliantly explains the realities of what it looks like to get started at any stage in life and why that matters for everyone to understand when faced with the variety of personal training options available to the public. Let's face it. Navigating through all of that information has now become part of everyone's fitness journey. Filtering through social media platforms and understanding research studies can have their pros and cons, but one thing is for sure, the basics never change. And more importantly, they will shape a better path to understanding your own fitness goals. It takes a confident trainer to to teach basics. This is a big issue with Mm -hmm. the high intensity for training and, and young trainers is, 
they lack confidence in what they do. They lack confidence in being able to coach the basics. So therefore they over deliver with variety because they, they, they are undelivering with the skill of coaching. Um, and at some point in time, if they stick to the game long enough, they'll have that education. I believe they'll have that education. Um, mm-hmm. Or they're going to be found out pretty quickly. Or the, like I said already, the next person that's prettier and in a better shape is going to sort of knock them down the line a little bit. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's just taken. It takes time. And I, and you talk to talk to career trainers, and a lot of them are the same. Like yeah, yeah. When I was younger, I used to just, like get really nervous because my clients would be like, "Oh, we're doing that again," and I wouldn't know what to say. And my clients never say we're doing that again because I don't give them a chance to because they know from the start I've explained exactly what we're going to be doing. There's no surprises. That the workout's the same in 10 weeks time or the workout's similar in 10 weeks time. There's no surprises there to my clients because at the mm-hmm. very, very start, I'm like, cool, this is the way this is going to work. This is exactly what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. I'm empowering you in the process. So there's never, there's never a question about, uh, oh, Andy, I've been doing this workout for quite a while. It's like, you, they know that I've, I've preempted that conversation and I explained to them the why behind that need. I get them involved in measures and more than anything, they're excited about the consistency. They're not bored with the consistency. If a coach can do that, and that's the difference between being a, like a trainer, a coach, and just a personal trainer. Um, if you empower and, in, and uh, impart that knowledge on people, you're not having those awkward conversations around Andy, when's my workout changing? Cause I'm getting bored. If your client says to you, work out, when's my workout changing? I'm getting bored. You're doing something wrong. I, I believe, strongly believe you're doing something wrong. Um, I had a conversation with a girl on social media uh, recently. I put a post about variety and then she messaged back to say that everyone's different and some, pl- client, some clients want, want it different all the time. And then she made the, the, the statement that my demographic always want things to be different. And I was like, okay, I, you had me at everyone wants different things. But if your entire demographic want variety, is that because you make them do variety or do they actually say that to you? Mm. Because my job as a coach is to impart knowledge. I know that consistently doing the same thing improves the skill. If I want to learn the piano or I'm learning Spanish, the last thing I'm going to do is jump around with my Spanish learning. I'm just going to get my verbs. I'm going to sit and conjugate them. I'm going to try and use them in practice. I'm going to do it step by step. Mm. The human body is no different. There's no reason, there's no random chaos theory to the way that cells adapt to stresses. They adapt to, to the stresses that improve and increase over time. That's how we get slightly better at things. That's how you learn. That's how gymnastics learns to do amazing things. They're not jumping into crazy stuff from the start. You watch gymnastics with kids, it's taught as mm. basics. Everything is progressively stepped up and up and up. You watch an athlete, a sprinter, they go granular on drive mechanics they go granular on landing mechanics they learn each individual component and they skill and they practice and they drill it why are general population going to be any different why for the learning everything else are we doing it in gradual processes but for some reason we can throw random at people and that's going to stick it doesn't make any sense it it, it defies logic and it goes against science um and i appreciate there's more than one way to do things yeah but i think as a whole if you're just throwing random at people, at some point in time, you're going to stop and go, there's got to be a better way. Because I'm not yeah. teaching anyone if I'm doing things randomly. But the reality is, like, for me personally, I, I went through my own journey with my training and the way I had to start adjusting my, my world around my clients, around the way that I adapted as I got older. And the sort of person that I work with, they've gone through that similar journey themselves. Like, when they were younger, they were doing things that were just not sustainable. They were just like, hey, I, I can't, 
I can't smash my body like this. I can't have this yo-yo and energy that I finish a spinning class and I'm absolutely tanked for the rest of the day, propped mm-hmm. up on caffeine. But you know what? People get into fitness at all stages of life, 100%, mm-hmm. and get into being a personal trainer at all stages of life. There's a low barrier to entry to the industry, but the majority of people coming into the industry uh, that flood the industry are young. So you have, and in no disrespect, I was a young, naive coach that thought I knew everything. And... Um, and I help people the best I can and best I can. I never went out my way to like to misguide people in any way, but I just didn't know what I was doing. So I was that guy smashing people on rowing machines, like mm-hmm. doing burpees and making sure everyone left a session just dead. Like that was my job. Um, and with education and consistency in the industry, and then just realizing that this isn't this isn't working. This isn't sustainable. I'm getting a lot of client injuries. I don't enjoy this. It's not. I'm not learning anything in that process as well. So I switched much more towards education. But I'm really glad I've been that coach that's made those mistakes. So I, I have no ego when I see a young coach or any coach making the same mistakes I made. I just think at some point in time as a coach, if you're still a coach for five, 10 years time, you're not going to be coaching this way. I just can't see mm-hmm. it happening. So as the younger trainers, these are currently coming into industry, and this has always been the case, we just never had social media before. We didn't have social media before. Yeah. Young, young, attractive people were the most popular person trainers in the gym back then. And they, and they might have had the biggest client base based off their genetics. Nowadays, you can get much bigger audiences and much bigger client bases mm-hmm. off it. So it's, it's trended up a little bit as far as how much money you can make as a trainer doing it. But this, it's always been there, and it's always going to be there. There's a place for it all in fitness. Mm. Um, I never, I speak to a lot of personal trainers that get quite frustrated by things. Like, don't yeah. get frustrated. Just appreciate that mm. it's a massive market. I don't believe it's saturated. I believe that fitness is booming. There are mm. millions of people. That we, listen, look at the obesity <laughs> epidemic. Like, mm. we are not winning in fitness. We are, as much as there's a lot of trainers out there, it feels saturated. There's a lot of people that need help there's mm. look, there's more people that need help than there are trainers helping people so mm. there's always gonna be business people are always going to start to realize they need a trainer and let's say someone's got themselves out really out of shape and they they are trending towards being obese they're not going to look at a 21 year old person trainer and go or potentially not gonna look at a 21 person trainer and go <laughs> that looks like the sort of thing i should be doing they're probably gonna yeah. go i want to work with someone that's a bit more empathetic that's probably got a bit more experience yeah that speaks in a way that doesn't make me feel like I'm being judged. Um, so they'll, they'll naturally like deviate or tra- transfer, mm-hmm. transition towards trainers that have a different tone. There's all these things that behaviorally as we get older and we are this blueprint, both emotionally and physically of previous stresses and traumas, mm-hmm. which could be injury, but it could be bereavement and loss or, or something else. Um, we hold all these things in us as, as we explore fitness, as we get a bit older, and then you just have the enjoyment factor and the behavioral factor. Some people enjoy team sports. Some people mm-hmm. need that, like the need to be in a community. Some people just like doing it by themselves. Um, and that's great. So we've got all these different ways to apply physical stress to a human body. We are just adapting to physical stresses. And the adaptations are things like gaining muscle mass, uh, storing better energy in the cells, improving capillary supply, improving coordination and nerve connection. Those things are pretty similar to everyone, but how you apply the stressor, yeah, we've got loads of different ways of doing that. And it's super important to realize that there are, this is an accumulation of movement. There are 
billions of people on the planet with huge variety or, or a huge need for different variations. Um, so just find the one that people like. If people like to go to dance classes, who are we to say not to? Um, we want to find things that people enjoy and, uh, and keep them consistent because that, the consistency is the most important thing. Find stresses that, find physical stress, find a way of applying that ongoing and keep going all over time. The act of training has more carryover into how we live our lives than we realize. It's what sparks a whole new perspective of understanding the world and how we decide to live it without judgment. Because the methods and intentions we use to train our body for a specific result teaches us about the first and most important form of communication we will ever encounter in our life, the relationship we have with ourselves. Understand that perspective and you can adapt it to any personal relationship you have with others in your life. Listening to what our body needs and how we decide to treat it will allow us to live out why we want to exist in the first place. It's why I made the slogan to the Kilos Project and this podcast, Train, Recover, Create. The order of these words are meant to guide you into action in the simplest of forms. Train your mind, recover your body, create your world. If you follow this commentary series for the podcast, you may have noticed health, fitness, and wellness each have a broad spectrum of approach. Every advocate in these industries all have their own building blocks and process for achieving a healthy, full life. But what remains to be the same are the three words I chose to represent what all of those paths will lead you to. Deciding to use action verbs to represent this project and the health journey everyone will eventually take, consciously or unconsciously, was purposeful. Find any school of thought or philosophy from an industry leader and you can fit them into any one of these three words. As I've said in every episode, it all depends on how we define the things we decide to talk about. We, as in you. You, the person living your life. We can repeat what we hear and live it as ours, but that's only recycling the feelings of what we haven't fully understood for ourselves. This is what causes confusion and misunderstanding among social platforms, family, and colleagues. So it's up to each of us to believe in what we learn. And what we learn depends on how we want to solve the problems we have. This is why I believe understanding our body will help us achieve insight into how certain inputs will give us specific outputs depending on what result we want to see. Doing so will help us maintain, heal, prevent, and build a strong, resilient body. And during the times our body may not be strong enough for the things we didn't expect would happen, the mental skills our mind developed along the way will ease our anxiety about any uncertainty we may face with our health and wellness. As you heard from the guests in this series, our expectations are defined by the experiences we have. Our responses are influenced by the uncertainty we face. Our daily structure is shaped by the limitations we set for ourselves and our understanding is determined by the simplicity we decide to keep things. While this series is about training, every guest talked about the mindset that led them to the results they not only wanted, but needed, further proving our body is only as strong as our mind. This project is my mission to make mental health not as something separate from our body, but as part of what we do every day with every decision we make, and more so with how we decide to treat it. Our body speaks a language we don't understand until something goes wrong, if we're lucky. But always remember, 
your body is on your side. So treat it as a teammate, nurture it as a loved one, and value it as a mentor. It will teach you how to live your life to the best of its potential. I hope this spoke to you and made some kind of sense. This is only the beginning and maybe in later adaptations of this concept, the meaning behind this project will connect with you. Each of the guests you heard were in the order of how their episodes were released. Independent Trainers with Garnet Stroder, Boxing with Alex Rincon, Bodybuilding with Toby Richa, and Personal Training with Andy Vincent. For more in-depth conversations, check out each of their perspective episodes. But for now, this is where I leave you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of This Undefined. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Share the voice. And if you want more content to explore, as well as follow other projects we're working on, go to the website at www.thekilosproject.com and follow us on Instagram at The Kilos Project. Till next time, train, recover, create.